Hey, welcome to Blue Collar Millionaires. I'm your co-host, Chesley Lunday, with my host, Jeremy Candelaria. He's the expert when it comes to blue collar businesses. And we're here today to talk about mission. And I failed at mine. We did this almost this entire podcast without me pressing the record button. We were almost ready to go celebrate with a Starbucks coffee, but guess what? You get us again. Uh, Actually, you only get us once because of this guy. This guy. I had one mission, and I I failed. I failed. Yeah. You know what else I've been failing at this week? Hmm. At saying a specific phrase. Oh, what what phrase would that be, Jeremy? You tell me. (laughs) I'm not telling you. I love when you say my name. I'm sure. I love Jeremy. Jeremy. Yeah, I I do. I I love how you say it. Yeah, well, we had this challenge. Let me just tell you this. We had this challenge last week uh, on Tuesday. Actually, I think, were we doing podcasts that day? I think we did a podcast that day, yes. Yes. And so, you know, I'm always aspiring to be better. And for whatever reason, I... I, I hear words. You aspired for Chesley to be better this time. I want Chesley to be better. <laughs> I want to be better. So what I said was, hey, let's do a challenge. There are a, a group of words that we're not allowed to say for seven days. And every time we say it, it's one strike. Total of three strikes in a day, that equals one Starbucks coffee one or Starbucks coffee, of, coffee. You know, of your choice. However, and so he agreed to play the game because he's a great sport and, and I love him for it. My wife was, I was thinking my wife would be like, yes, he needs some help in this area. So, <laughs> so he said, okay, I'll play the game. What words do you not want me to say? We all, we both had five to choose from. And so the phrase that I told him for seven days, he could not say was simply, I know. What was that? You heard me. <laughs> so within... Well, the first day, he owed me four coffees. Four coffees. So, so four times three is 12. 12 times he said that phrase. I'm not going to repeat it. Repeat it. It's, it's, it's a curse word around here. Uh, but throughout the week, he's gotten a lot better and more cognizant. Haven't you? I'm aware of the fact that I have. Yes. <laughs> so now you're saying words like, I'm aware. I understand. I, I seem to be more empathetic towards people for whatever reason. Yeah. I thought I was empathetic beforehand. The truth is, they feel like I am now. Yeah. So, it's working. The words I wasn't allowed to say were um, and then maybe some four-letter words or something. <laughs> four-letter words no. that he's not allowed to say anymore. Yes. So, the challenge ends tomorrow, and yeah, he's Which, actually made good on one of those coffees today already. So thank already? You. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I'm sure I'll make five more. on the other ones. He will. <laughs> We're always striving to be better, aren't we? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So that's why we're doing this podcast again, because we didn't hit record the first time. We didn't. And so we get to hang out with you some more. So, Chesley, what are we talking about today? We are talking about mission. Obviously, the last podcast, we talk about vision, and they often get confused. Mm -hmm. Mission and vision. What's the difference between vision and mission? Obviously, that's a great question, and both are very important. Your vision is going to be where your ideal is, what your ideal uh, your ideal thought is or idea or concept for your business. It's almost infinite in nature. It's evergreen in nature. It's something that you work very hard to aspire to, and maybe possibly one day you'll achieve that, but it's so far out. I mentioned last week uh, Bono's vision for making hunger you know, go away was his, his vision is to make hunger history. So it's vague enough and small enough to fit on a T-shirt, but it also makes you want to ask questions. 
How can I get involved? What do I need to do to be a part of making hunger history? That's your vision. Our vision is that we would be the most valued and respected concrete company in Northeast Ohio, which means when someone thinks concrete, they think creative concrete and stone. When someone wants something done and has to do with anything to do with concrete, they think us. Whenever somebody refers someone, they're thinking of us. We want to be valued and we want to be respected. We don't race to the bottom for price. We want to cater to the top 5% of our customer base in our environment, the people who know what they want and they're willing to pay for it. And we want that in our region. And then we're going to span out for But that's vision. So that's like a long-term ideal of what you want to become. Mission breaks things down in more bite-sized, tangible formats so that you have clear objectives. So our mission is, and you can think of it in terms of really a military ideal, like what is the mission? What are our objectives within the mission so that we can accomplish our mission to get us closer to our vision? Yeah, so vision is this aspirational goal of saying this is who we want to become because we believe this. Yeah. Whereas mission is about accomplishment. So you've got aspiration versus accomplishment. And the mission is like, hey, we want to do this by usually by a specific date even mm-hmm. what's so important about putting a deadline to to a mission well i mean obviously we run on a on a 40 week calendar in our business and so whether you're running on an annual calendar or you're running on what's the other calendar that's not annual uh lunar no it's not lunar <laughs> uh it's a budget. It's either an annual budget or it's oh, a oh, yeah. um, fiscal, 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 your year. fiscal year versus your annual year. Yeah. We have a 40 week year here. So what we know is we have this objective, like our objective for this year, part of our mission, one of our objectives under that mission is that we, we want to hit $2.3 million in our business. Well, you reverse engineer that and you realize it's 40 weeks. That's $57,500 a week. And you can break that down on levels that that are tangible and bite-sized for everyone on your team to understand. Yeah, talk a little bit about that because I think you, you've you talked about how having like this huge number, when you start talking about millions of dollars for a for a blue-collar entrepreneur, that's, that's okay. Like you need to talk about that. That's very important. Yeah. But for a guy pouring concrete in the ground, it can get a little iffy. So there's other there's other objectives, other like mini missions inside of your large mission yeah. that each person can have. Would you talk about why that's so important? Yes, certainly. So the way it works for us is not everybody is pervy to every detail of our mission moving forward. If you think about, again, my military analogy, there are going to be things that a a major knows that maybe a second lieutenant doesn't or a command sergeant major on the on the NCO side knows that an E1 doesn't now they're all a part of the same mission but you break it down and you have sort of submissions within the mission to hit the objective and let me explain what i mean for us we have a 2.3 million dollar goal for 2023 And in order to accomplish that, we have to reverse engineer a couple of things. And not everyone is brought in on that conversation. The right people have to be brought in on that conversation. So project manager certainly brought in on that conversation because he's bonused accordingly. And foreman's also brought in on that conversation sometimes. For us, we choose to allow that to happen. 
but your average your average skilled laborer or skilled tradesman really don't need to know that it's not that it's not that uh, they can't handle that maybe they can't they that's too big for them to understand um but really they have an objective and we don't want we don't want a dollar amount to start to get them frustrated whenever they look at their paycheck and they go wait a minute you're trying to hit this but i'm getting that and so you're you don't want to cause friction that's unnecessary right so how we break this down is we reverse engineer $2.3 million is uh, $57,500 a week. That's $230,000 a month. You multiply that by however many months are in your, you know, 40 weeks. There you have your $2.3 million. The people that need to know that, such as project manager and foreman's, fine. How we also attack or accomplish those objectives to get us close to the mission is we break it down even further. We know from the past five years that the average job within our company, and I don't want to bore you, but I want you to think about this in terms of your own company. This is just tangible you know, experience from my side, what right. we've done. Every, every job we do, sometimes it's high, sometimes it's low. The average of all the jobs, it equates $7,000 per job, okay? $7,000 per job, and we need to hit 56500 So in order to do that, I know that we need roughly eight jobs a week, 1.5 jobs a day. Mm. Okay. So my workers, the workers down on that level, they need to understand, look, we have eight jobs a week that we have to complete. That's what we have to do. And what that does, that mission, what, what it does, that objective that allows us to fulfill the mission, because I've been a part of some companies who are looking for excuses to not work. You won't find that in our culture, not at my company. Whether it's raining or it's not raining, everyone is expected to work. Why? Because they understand we have eight jobs we have to finish this week. Now, if we get more done, then they're going to be bonus for it. If we get less done, then that opens up a whole can of worms that we can talk about and mm -hmm. I can get real vulnerable about if you want to. Yeah, I'd love to do that in a second. Yeah. Because <laughs> I always like seeing you squirm. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'll just play it. But I think this is important to talk about a little bit more is this importance of feedback loops mm -hmm. within your company. You, everybody has their part to play. And you, you've talked about the fact that if they make, you know, if you can accomplish more than just the eight jobs, they get bonused for it. Yeah. So there's real skin in the game. There's real buy-in. Yes, they don't know the overarching number and that mission. But what you're doing is you're creating it to be a mission on their level to accomplish the overarching uh, mission. And then you've got these objectives that help them start to see them not just as a, a job to be done, but a game to try to play, to compete with themselves, to get better and better and better and be awarded for it uh, accordingly. That's right. So what is, how important is it to start building feedback loops into your culture and into your team as you're building for mission well obviously the more feedback that you have the better decisions you can make because the more informed you are and you have to be a leader that is willing to listen to the boots on the ground mm. you can't be a leader that says it's my way or the highway and you know i'm not i'm not going to listen to the feedback that you're telling me i'm not going to listen when you tell me that a certain you know, thing happens a certain way or something's being overlooked or attention's not given to something, I'm, I'm not going to brush that off. That's very important for me. So 
that conversation loop is big. And that's why we have our Monday morning meetings. Every Monday morning, I'm there, whether there's a project manager there or not. And I want the guys to see me. I want them to hear me. I want them to hear my heart. And I want to hear them. Super important. And that's where I'm constantly going over the, the vision and the mission. Look, we've got, you know, we've got eight. We've got eight jobs that we need to complete this week. So what is eight times 40? Eight 340. Times 40. Is it yeah, 320. Right. So 320 jobs this year. Right. And so, and, and this is, this is for next year. This is already me retargeting what we're going to do for next year. Right, so right. previous, it was seven jobs a week, 1.7 million. So seven jobs. Now we've, we've increased it. Right. But 320. So, and that's kind of the conversation I'm having. Uh, we want 320 raving customers this year. Mm. And we want to transform their backyard, transform their driveways, put basements in whatever we have to do. And we want to make this guys more than just concrete. That is something that we do, but who we are are people that give value to people. We want to leave a positive taste in their mouth when they're done with us. It's not what they remember. They don't remember the concrete per se. They remember how we made them feel. So I'm tying that objective to a feeling. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying, look, 320 jobs this year, 320 happy customers, 320 raving customers, 320 lives that we get to affect with positivity, with love, with joy, and with honor. Yeah, and that's why vision and mission are so closely associated because you tie the mission back to the vision and you go, hey, we we want to become this aspirational goal of ours mm -hmm. because we believe this. We want to have these 320 fans. And to do that this year, we're, we've got this goal of eight jobs per week. That's right. And then this feedback loop, it begins to help you figure out, are you going to accomplish this or are you not? Yes. And so now that's where leadership comes into play, where you're looking at the feedback, you're looking at what you guys are able to accomplish as a team, and you are having to make the uh, the decisions on whether things are going to move forward or you're reading the feedback and say, do we need more gas on the pedal? Do we need to take a break? Yep. Like there's all those decisions that have to be made that you just can't quantify. They're, they're qualifiable metrics from leadership. How important is leadership in mission? Yeah, leadership top down. I mean, the, you know, you as the leader grows, that's where the company goes. But as I'm hearing you talk, the feedback loop being so important, if eight completed jobs, eight raving fans, if you will, are, are is what our objective is every single week, and we're falling a little bit short of that, and I'm hearing my guys say we need more help, mm -hmm. then it's my job to provide for them everything that they need to successfully complete the mission that I've put in front of them. Mm -hmm. So so whether it's – and this is, this is what I'll hear. We need, we need more help. We need more skilled labor. We need more skilled finishers. Or we need more equipment. Mm -hmm. It's usually one of those two things. Right. It's personnel or it's equipment, right? And so me – Allowing that feedback loop to be open and not being a um, a dictator type leader. I always say there's two types of leaders. There's the Hitler type leader who says, if you don't do it, I'll shoot you. And there's the Jesus type leader that says, look, I'll show you. I'll show you how to do it. And, and so I want to be humble enough to hear their pain. Mm. When I hear their pain, I can decide what decision I need to do to make 
to alleviate that pain so that our company can run smoother, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. But if they don't have that ability to, to, to communicate with me because I shut them down because I don't want to hear anything negative or I don't want to hear the truth, then our company's not going to fulfill the mission and the objectives that we've set forth. So on that level, I need to keep communication lines open, and then it's my job to fix it if something's wrong. Right. And going deeper – to answer your question, you talked about leadership. Mm -hmm. Well, leadership, I'll share, I, I, I believe that successes sometimes build walls and failures build bridges. Mm -hmm. This year was a big, huge learning year for us, for me personally, as a business owner. And one of the reasons why is I had to let my project manager go. And I had to let my project manager go because there were certain things that weren't getting done certain objectives weren't being met. And well, let me give you an example. Seven completed happy raving customers a week was the objective last year, yeah. a part of the mission. And there was a stretch of, of summer where we weren't hitting seven a week. Matter of fact, we hit one a week for two weeks. So in total, two, two total weeks where we should have seven, 14 completed jobs, we only completed two. Now it doesn't take a mathematician to figure out when your payroll is $13,000 a week and you're only completing one $7,000 job yeah. that you can't sustain very long. And I've learned a couple of things trying to climb out of that, having to climb out of that. And we did do that, by yep. the way. I've learned a couple of things along the way that might be very beneficial for us to chat about. Yeah, So, but you had the feedback loop in place. I think with the mission at hand, you had these things, you knew seven jobs per week, and then you could quantifiably go, you're not doing your job. That's right. And that's why the mission is so important. And the objectives, the these goals that are sub goals underneath the mission are so important because yeah. it allows you to hold people accountable because you have something to measure it by. That's right. When you don't have a mission, you don't have anything to measure it by. So you're sitting there going like, I know something's off and I don't like the way this guy's doing his job, but I don't have anything to point to, to go, Hey, you're not doing it the way we agreed upon doing it. That's right. And at least you had those systems in place to be able to say that. Um, and how, how big is accountability and be able to pull the trigger when you need to fire a guy or you need to have that conversation? How big of a role does accountability play in accomplishing the mission? It's, it's huge. It's everything. You know, you have to be able to hold people accountable. I, I don't, I'm not a person that shies away from conflict. I, I, I don't go looking for it, but I don't mind it. And if you're going to be a successful business owner, you cannot, you cannot let people slip. You have to hold them accountable. If everyone knows the objectives to the mission, and there's somebody on the team that is not fulfilling their part, is not carrying their weight, then that's a conversation that you must have. It's a tough conversation, but if you don't, your business will suffer. And for in my, my situation with the project manager that I had in place, what he told me what was happening versus what was actually happening were two different things. And when I realized what was actually going on, I started to pay attention and, and as a result, I knew that I had to have a difficult conversation. My guys know that I will absolutely praise their socks off, but at the same time, I will get right up in their lunch. They're going to, they're going to get the same thing from me. It's love on both ends. 
Sometimes it's efficacious love and sometimes it's sentimental. Sometimes it's I'm going to beat your rear end because I love you. <laughs> and sometimes it's I'm going to bonus you. And whatever B word that is, beat or bonus, that's your choice. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You beat your employees? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do if we're talking about basketball, tug of war, oh, thumb oh, wrestling, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. just common okay. being awesome. Yes. I just wanted to clarify yeah. there. Yeah. It's like Jeremy's a great boss. Don't take me literal. <laughs> the point behind uh, all of this is, is you have to be, you can't just be all nice yeah. and, and never yeah. hold their feet to the fire or be account, hold them accountable. But you can't also just hold them accountable constantly and never bonus them. It's all about the culture that you're creating. You have to have that difficult conversation. I had to let that guy know. I had to let that guy go. And mm -hmm. everyone on the team felt a sense of relief when that was done. Reason why is because they knew he wasn't carrying his end of the deal. And and they knew that they had an objective of seven happy raving customers at the end of the week. And in two weeks, we've only done two. Yeah. There's a problem, Everybody Houston. Was feeling it. Everyone's feeling it. Everyone knows it. And there had to be a decision made because you can only go so far and have so much reserves in the bank to, to keep, you know, having to, Either go back and fix mistakes or just not be profitable. Yeah. It's a whole other con. I think we should do a, po we a podcast about that. The, we the, definitely that should. Yeah, I, I think we do. But I, I, I can say as I watched you through that whole process, it wasn't like, um, hey, you need to get your act together or you're out the door the next day. You actually worked with him to start going, hey, here's the process. Make sure you know that. Here's how to handle people. So you were actually working with him until the point, like, he just couldn't get it. Yeah. And you're like, no, nope, it's time to make a decision. And everybody knew at that point. Right. So it's not like you got mad one day and said, you're out of here. Nope. It was like, no, we have a process. We have a mission. You have objectives. You're not meeting them. Let's help you figure out how to do that. And when it was clear that he couldn't, then you let him go. I did. And that's so important as a leader to hold people accountable and give them some rope to make some improvements and then also still pull the trigger when it's time. Cause I think I see a lot of leaders that they, they don't pull the trigger because they're they're They see people on the other end, which is a good thing, but it's actually uh, unhelpful to the rest of your team and your business when you don't pull that trigger. Well, and I'll, I, to, to that, I'm telling you, I've been in a position in leadership throughout Throughout my time, whether it's in the church world, the business world, or my own business world, where I've had to let people go. Yeah. And every single time I've had to let people go. And I haven't had to let a lot of people go because I like I like people staying around, you know. But every time I, I did it, I made sure that every possible stone was, was, was flipped over to see if there was a way that we could make things work. But when the decision to let them go was made, I'm telling you, every single time, it was like a breath of fresh air for them as well as me. For them, too. Because the worst thing you can do is put someone in a position where they're not skilled to actually accomplish the mission. And they'll just end up being frustrated constantly over and over and over again. And whenever you relieve them of that... It's a breath of fresh air. Mm. Maybe they don't have employment. Maybe they don't know what they're going to do next. But at least they know they know that they weren't fulfilling the objective that you put in front of them. Yeah. So now there's a sense of relief. It's just happened every time where they're like, almost like, well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for letting <laughs> me go. Well, you're welcome. You know, I really wanted to leave. I just didn't know how I to tell you. I didn't know how to tell you. I didn't know how to, I didn't have the guts to quit. You know, so what I'm saying is if you haven't had to fire someone, which I'm sure you probably have, 
just know that if you give them the the tools that they need and you have the conversations and you coach them through making the right decisions and they can't do it, you're actually doing them a favor mm -hmm. by cutting that relationship. Nobody wants to be on a losing team. No. Nobody wants to feel like the loser on a team. Or the one responsible for losing mm -hmm. on the team. You know you know what I keep thinking about as we're uh, Yes, as we're I talking? do. What is that? Chips and queso. <laughs> no. Oh, I, you know what I keep thinking about, though? What? I keep thinking that the people that need to listen to this podcast are probably the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> yeah, they don't have a very good feedback loop. No, and, uh, no probably not. You, know, you would think right. so, Super Bowl or bust. Yeah. But right now, it's like a five-win team or bust. <laughs> yeah, but by the way, I am a diehard Cleveland Browns fan. You know, we are in Ohio. Here. I'm not any better. He I'm just an Arizona moved here. Cardinals. Yeah, he's an Arizona. So misery loves company. We oh, just commiserate differently between our two yeah. teams. I can't seem to get it together. Hey, maybe they need to hire you to be a consultant for them as well. I would probably. <laughs> have them get on my list and I might consider it. Yeah, you might consider yeah. it. That'd be super helpful for what me. What is interesting is that your your quarterback and my quarterback, and in my opinion, this is gonna be controversial, my opinion are two way overpaid quarterbacks for the positions that they're putting um, in. I would absolutely <laughs> agree with that. So hey, as we as we start thinking about these uh the way we're gonna build mission into our businesses, I would love you started talking about it building objectives for each uh, each part of your organization. But how do you break your $2.3 million goal for the year, your mission for the year, into uh, three objectives for, for the year that are smaller? I know you said like eight, um, eight jobs, but is there like quantify or uh, yeah, sorry, like quality objectives that you're looking for in that space too, rather than quantity? Absolutely. I mean, obviously, the the objective is, you know, 320 raving customers, mm -hmm. eight a week times 40 weeks. But the big deal is n no callbacks. We don't want any callbacks. And so we're definitely we we measure that and we know whether or not we've had callbacks and what that looks like. And if that happens, that's another thing, too. Like we want 320 raving customers, zero callbacks. Do I know that 10 percent? are going to be callbacks, probably 12%. Yes, I do. I do know that. I'm aware of that. And that's figured, that's factored into the 2.3 million. Mm. However, at the end of the day, the number that we really want is zero. Okay. So that's a zero number that we want, and everybody on the team knows it. Because what that does is that affects their bonus. That affects, you know, the things that they're able to do or or special things that we have for them that 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 we allow. Whether it's the year-end bonus or it's a weekly spot bonus, there are a lot of different bonuses that I give. You know, you reward what you want repeated. Um, but they know that if they have something that they screwed up on, and and the company has to go back and fix it because we will, we stand behind our product, then that's going to affect their pocket. Now, for some of them, you know. The, the, what I love about my guys, shout out to all of my guys. What I love about all my guys is is they care less about the money and more about the quality of the project. So I'm talking about, you know, eight raving customers a week. They know that they want to fulfill that objective and they know that they want them to be also very happy. That's another thing. We always want to find ways to connect what we do with concrete to the individual customer that we're serving. Because I don't know if I said this. I don't know if this is the last podcast that we did that we didn't record. I don't know where it goes, but I'm just going to tell you again. It's more than just the job you're doing for them. It's the way you make them feel. Yeah. 
And so that's a part of the objective to fulfill the mission that gets us closer to the vision. Yes, we have a money objective. We also have a customer experience objective where we really truly want the customer to feel like they're valued, like they're cared for, like we are listening to them. And we want to, as much as we possibly can, tie this finished product that we're giving to them to something that they have in their life that they really care about. And if you can do that, then your your you know your digital door is going to be wide open. That's what I call it in the book. Basically, you won't need to hunt for work ever because they're going to be your biggest. That's why I call them raving fans. Yeah. What they're going to do is they're going to do your marketing for you. They're going to do your advertising for you. You know, there's nothing better than having someone who absolutely loves you, loves what you've done for them, and loves how you made them feel because they're going to tell everybody in their circle who you are. And if they have a concrete need, who to call, or if they have a tile need or a carpet need or if a painting need or whatever it is, a plumbing need, who to call. And it's not because of what you did. Yes, what you did is we are expected to be experts. Mm-hmm. We're expected to put an excellent product down. But it's more than that, man. It's how you made them feel. Now, if I could give you just a little bit of a bonus. Yeah. This is interesting. What I've found is about 80% of the customers that we deal with on a day-to-day basis are actually the wife mm. of this, of of the, uh, of the you know, of, of our customer base. It's the woman. Now, they're married, but... A lot of times, and what we found, and this may not be true for every person, but what we found is the woman is responsible for finding the person that they need to do whatever it is around the house, whether it's outside or it's inside. I could give you so many examples of this, but I'll just give you one. Um, Two years ago, we did an estimate for a lady, and I was actually out on the estimate with, I was doing training, and this woman had heard great things about our company, loved our company, top 5%. I'm talking about they were wealthy people. And so just hit it off with them. I've got a whole sales process, you know, th- that that we could take you through maybe in another time. But just it was a knock out of the park. Mm. And she was super nice, super kind, super sweet, loved us, loved Donna, loved Bill, loved myself. We pulled away and... We got an email once the estimate was sent and turned around 24 hours. The email said, I, I really wanted to go with you guys. I really had a, a, a strong feeling about you guys. But my husband went with another guy because of the price. Mm. The price was cheaper. And the type email back was something along the lines of no problem, you know, whatever her name was. If there's anything that you ever need in the future, just reach out to us. Three months later, three months later, that same lady called our office again and said, is there any way that you could fit us into the schedule? Because the other company that they chose to go with stood them up Mm. and they were going to give them another opportunity to come back. But the woman said to her husband, she said, I just don't have a good feeling about that company. I had a great feeling about Creative Concrete. Can we please use them even though they're more money? He said, yes, fine, go ahead and handle it. She called us. We honored her, her, even though it was a 30 day estimate, only good for 30 days. We honored it. It was three months past. And here's what I'm trying to get at the customer experience. We did her job. It was an incredible job. She loved it. She went with her gut and here's, here's how you're going to create a raving fan. When you fulfill your end of the bargain and you make the homeowner or the homeowner's wife feel like they made a good decision. When they feel like they made the right decision, 
That's all the gratification they need. Yeah. I felt like I needed to go with that company. I went with that company and it was a good choice. See, honey, wasn't a good choice. Yes, dear. You did great. That's it. And that is all about the customer experience. That's a part of our objective and really bringing the product to the table, but making them feel from the very beginning to the very gift at the end that we supplied for them, that they made the right choice going with our company. Why? They had a good feeling in their heart about it. Yeah. So when we come to a mission, it's so important to not just have the uh, quantifiable money goals. Yeah. But to have these objectives that are about the the customer and, yeah. uh, and the ones that you can't really measure. They're a little squishy. Yeah. But you're saying it's super important. I like that. They're squishy. And it is super important. Yeah. Yeah. Probably the most important because that's the frame. The yeah. frame that you're giving your guys to for, to work hard in the rain. It's not just eight jobs we have to. Guys, we have eight jobs. We have eight jobs. We have 230 jobs or 320 jobs this year. Let's go. No, no, no. It's It's eight raving fans. Yeah, We have eight raving fans who we really, really want to leave a great taste in their mouth about who we are, what we stand for, and what we do. You guys have the opportunity to do that because you're the ones that are dealing directly with the customer. Yeah, that's so And we hear that feedback all the time from the customer, how professional and kind and courteous our guys are, how they work so well together, a fine-tuned oiled machine, those kind of things, which I then turn back and, and... reverse that loop back to them going look you guys are fulfilling the objectives we're getting close to the mission yeah that's so good so good all right anything else that we need to know when it comes to building a memorable mission or making a memorable mission for your company to succeed no i mean i think that you you have taken what i've said and broke it down even further like if you don't know where you're going you're going to get there fast and that's like nowhere you're not going to get anywhere you know you're just kind of be you're going to be throwing your money out the window. You're going to be throwing your guys out, you know, to the wolves. You're not going to have anything really clear that you're moving forward. And my, my last piece of advice is if you do have downtime, maybe you don't every company, every blue collar company seems to have sort of periods where it's up and down. There's ebb and flow. When you're a part of that downtime, I, you need to be thinking about what your objectives are for that next fiscal year, calendar year, whatever you want to call it, your next season, what is it that you're trying to work toward to get you closer to your vision? And then you break that down very, very, like on a micro level Mm -hmm. to where you can truly give that to your people so that they understand it and you get closer and closer. And when you rebuild that, you're going to see whenever there's a kink. Yeah. You're going to see where there's friction. Yep. You're going to see where something's not right because you're not fulfilling the objective that you set out to fulfill. Maybe your objective is just way too big and you need to hire a lot more people or you need to kind of scale it down a little bit and kind of make it a little bit more efficient that year. You'll see all of that. You know, if I'm a company that's just starting tomorrow in a business, I'm not going to set an objective of having $10 million in revenue. Yeah, That would be foolish of me. But I have to be able to stretch just enough to where, okay, I, we're going to grow a little bit. I've got to, I'm stretching and I'm hiring to grow and I'm, I'm more equipment to grow and I'm willing to invest in my business. I'm willing to invest in my future and I'm willing to invest in the futures of the people who are going to make this mission become an accomplished mission. 
Yeah. So making that mission uh, a little bit of a stretch for your company allows you to see the gap to where you need to grow. Yes. And then you're filling the gap. So that requires you to work on your business rather than in it by creating systems to help replicate the, the predictable success of your company. That's right. And that is why he is right beside me, because we are like Cisco and Eber. You want to know something? What? Don't ever... Say yes to a, a a game Jeremy wants you to play. Otherwise, you'll end up owing him a lot of coffee. You'll lose. <laughs> you'll lose. You only, you only play games you'll know you'll win. In all due fairness, I actually knew I was going to lose on this game. I I was pretty sure. But I thought, my wife would like me to get improve on this. And now she's upset that I even said yes. Duh, whatever. We'll keep you updated, so you definitely want to stay tuned next week as the saga of the no-no words continues. The no-no words. <laughs> that, that's a good one. That's a good one. So what should we talk about next week? That's a great question. Well, you're the co-host, so basically you give me the stuff you want me to talk about, and then I talk about it. So, All right. So, so what do you think? I actually think we should talk about leadership and why that uh, this, this thing is specifically for blue-collar businesses. Why it's so important to work on your business rather than in it. And obviously during um, downtime is the best time to work on it. You don't have a lot of time to work on it while you're working in it. Absolutely. Um, But I think what are the things that somebody needs to know uh, during off season to get prepared for the next season so that they can grow and, and create more revenue? Absolutely. I can't wait to talk about that. Leadership is essential to growth. You know, your company will never grow beyond you. So stay tuned. Yeah. I hope I hope this is going to be fun. We'll find out later. <laughs> hey, for Jeremy, it's Chesley. I was excited to talk to you guys today. I know Jeremy was. Woo! And we will be back next week on the Blue Collar Millionaire Podcast. See you then. Peace out.